Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Up next, Out Loud with John O'Caldwell, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. One prominent conservative is drawing a line in the sand. She said, quote, I am no longer a Republican. She went on to say until the party decides that it wants to be conservative again. Today, this ex-Republican and I discuss why she left the party and debate the future of the GOP. This is Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell. Welcome back to Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell. I'm Gianno Caldwell, and I've got a great show for you guys this week. My guest is Jenna Ellis, a lawyer who served as legal advisor for President Trump in his 2020 re-election campaign, and she was also named to his legal team that challenged the 2020 election results. Currently, Ellis is a contributor for Newsmax and hosts her own show, Just the Truth, on Real America's Voice. She also launched the Election Integrity Alliance. Today, I ask Ellis about her decision to leave the GOP and the future of the party. And we look forward to 2022 and 2024. Let's go. So we've been trying to do this for a while. And what I mean by this is have someone who's been a superstar in the Republican Party and the conservative movement. You may know her as a conservative that voices issues on a lot of things. But she's someone who really got her big star when she defended President Trump with Rudy Giuliani among some election fraud cases. So I want to welcome to Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell, Jenna Ellis. Pleasure to be on with you. Thank you so much, Gianno. It's great. And I know we've been talking about doing this for a while, and I really appreciate your uh, very strong conservative voice as well. So thank you for everything that you do. No, I really appreciate that. Now, I want to jump right into it because you once, you're somebody that a lot of folks respect. A lot of Republicans have um, had their eye on you. They appreciate what what you did for President Donald Trump um, defending him. And recently you caused a stir earlier this month when you announced that you you're officially leaving the Republican Party. You called on all top Republican officials to resign and accused the GOP of no longer being conservative. Could you elaborate on why you left the party and why you were upset with his leadership? 
Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, I have always been someone um, who is a conservative uh, based on my principles and based on uh, the Judeo-Christian ethic that our country was founded upon and understanding that that worldview statement in our Declaration of Independence uh, that says that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, they're endowed by God our Creator with certain unalienable rights, among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, that's principled because we can't have a true equality without understanding who our creator is and understanding that all human beings have inherent dignity and worth. And uh, the the founding of our nation and the reason I love the brilliance of our Constitution is that America was the first nation in world history to actually be predicated and our system of government predicated based on recognition of those fundamental truths. And so conservatism as an idea is conserving those truths and is recognizing that the sole responsibility of government is to preserve and protect our individual rights. And so I'm not just pro-choice. I'm not just, uh, you know, a Christian. I'm not just pro-capitalism and all of these different uh, philosophies in different arenas. Um, to to me and, and the best understanding of our system of government and the reality to which we're presented is understanding that this is a comprehensive philosophy that's rooted in truth and the identity of the one true God of the Bible. And so I say all of that as a predicate to say that I have um, been conservative uh, for my life. I've been a member of the Republican Party for all my life. Certainly, I'm growing in the grace and knowledge of, the, of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, but I also am fundamentally always willing to stand up and speak for the truth. And when I first got a phone call from President Trump, and um, he, he actually just called me out of the blue. He had seen me on TV defending the Constitution, and he said, you know, I have some questions for you. Um, I want to talk about this. This is in the context of the first impeachment hoax. And I just laid it out. I gave him, you know, my honest opinion of the law. We talked about the philosophy of, of the Constitution and um, all of these things. He has such a great depth of knowledge of, of our history as Americans, and he wants to protect uh, that aspect of conservatism. It was one of the greatest privileges of my life to work for him, defend him. And so this is more than just me saying uh, politically, I differ with how we can best implement our system of government, or I differ a little bit with uh, the Republican Party's platform. This is all about truth. And when you have the Republican Party that is going so big tent and is saying, having Ronna McDaniel, who's the chairwoman, tweet and post uh, for in support of Pride Month, for example, and saying that human sexuality, apart from understanding the biological measurable differences between men and women, the truth of moral human sexuality, uh, that is not a conservative principle, and that's not the traditional Republican Party. But then even further than that, and I've always spoken up uh, for that truth, and um, then when the Republican Party, Giano, went so far as to lie to the American people in the aftermath of the 2020 election and tell Americans when Rudy Giuliani and I and Bernie Kirk and others were standing in the face of threats, in the face of other lawyers quitting and saying we have to get to the truth of what happened in 2020. The Republican Party was telling the American people that they supported us, but their chief counsel, Justin Reamer, sent an email in early November to other members of the GOP 
from his GOP official address saying what Rudy and Jenna are doing is a joke. And he disclaimed the effort for the truth privately multiple times. And the RNC fundraised over $220 million from Americans saying that they were fighting for election integrity when they weren't. And so that's my problem is that they're lying. And Ronna McDaniel knew that. I spoke to her directly the night that I received that email from an inside RNC whistleblower in November. She promised me and Rudy and the president that she was going to fire Justin, that he would be gone by morning. We thought she had lived up to her word. And it's only been in uh, recent weeks that we've learned not only is that not correct, but she's now going on national media and denying the entire story. I have the email. I have the text messages. This is not about me and her. This is about a battle for the truth and that the American people need to know the Republican Party now is so divorced from genuine conservative principles and what it actually means to be an American. I can't stand up now, Gianno, and say I am a member of that party. Otherwise, I'm no longer advocating for the truth or for the truth that President Trump fought so hard for. Wow. You I mean, you gave us a lot to digest there. So just a couple of things here. One is the issue with the RNC. Um, and you say that Ronna McDaniel lied to you. She said that she was going to fire Justin. She did not. And she's saying that she didn't uh, say that she was going to fire Justin. But also this this um, area of conservatism, the principles, the 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 principles of the conservative movement not being followed by today's Republican Party, which is also the same accusations that they made many folks made when Donald Trump took over the Republican Party. How do you how do those two do two things differ? Yeah, so that's a great question. And, you know, initially, a lot of people know, and my Twitter haters love to point out that initially I wasn't a supporter of Donald Trump in the primaries of 2016. Um, it's a well-known fact that I supported Ted Cruz. And obviously, the, the world of politics is a closed universe situation where you only have X number of candidates and you have to choose the best among them. Um, I don't think there's ever been a candidate, nor ever will be, that I'll agree 100% with uh, their their political philosophy or their uh, political policy determinations. Um, there were things, and even after I worked for President Trump in his administration, that I personally disagreed with, and that's okay. But what I came to recognize is that people who were completely disavowing Donald Trump, calling out his former lifestyle that wasn't Christian. Well, that's true. And I have never, ever endorsed that. Of course, you know, any sort of conduct that goes against the Bible is sin by definition. I'm not a perfect person. I repent of my sin daily, hopefully, and um, Jesus's blood covers all. But what I came to recognize is that everything that the left was impugning Donald Trump for was actually when he was a registered Democrat. So people change. And I personally, after then getting to know Donald Trump, I heard him speak in July of 2016. He said so very clearly at the Western Conservative Summit, I was then a professor at Colorado Christian University. I heard him speak and he articulated the conservative philosophy of government of why we are supposed to have limited government, of why America is founded on these principles. And I became a supporter of his, and I'm very grateful that I did because he has been 
the most pro-life, conservative, God-fearing president of my lifetime. And he is willing to stand up and go to uh, the pro-life marches, uh, the March for Life. He's w- he was willing to stand up and say from Mount Rushmore last 4th of July, where I was grateful to be in attendance with him, to talk about the founding of America on uh, on God's principles of truth and and the biblical understanding of the philosophy of government. And so while his past may not be perfect, in his present, he absolutely is a conservative. Now, I'm not saying, you know, he's a perfect person. Neither am I. But what I'm saying is what I support about Donald Trump, and I'm proud to support him, is that he is genuinely conservative where the Republican Party used to be. But instead of making that change from Democrat to Republican, like he did, liberal to conservative, they're going backward. And the Republican Party is now no longer conservative. So if that be the case, the Republican Party is no longer conservative. You're no longer a Republican, but you're still a conservative. Where do you go from here? I mean, we clearly have a two-party system unless Trump, which he hasn't said that he would have the party of Trump. What, what would you do um, with your vote? Sure. There is a beautiful thing in my home state of Colorado where I am still a registered and active voter. I've been involved in Colorado politics a long time. There's a beautiful thing called unaffiliated. And so uh, that's my intention is to become unaffiliated. I can still vote in the primaries. Uh, But even more importantly, well, there's probably nothing more important than my vote. But just as importantly, I can still advocate for genuinely conservative candidates. And if they're running under the Republican ticket, that's fine. But what we need is genuine conservatives to stand up and disclaim where the Republican National Party is going and say, we are still going to run. And I don't I don't care, frankly, if they're running as a Republican or an independent or a Tea Party or whatever. If they are going into government office to champion conservative truth based principles, I will support them. And I would encourage my fellow Americans who are listening to this. We need to disclaim false non-truth. And maybe if enough of us stop supporting the RNC's idea of being big tent, we can either start a new party or we can bring the Republican Party back to conservatism. So as it is now, if the Republican Party um, had new leadership, had someone who was willing to stand for truth, unlike Ronna McDaniel, who is willing to not be a liar, I would certainly be open to re-registering as a Republican. But where I'm going from here is supporting individual candidates that are willing to also champion the values that I so deeply cherish. And family, faith, and freedom issues are so important. We can't just have this idea of a two-party system and say, well, I guess I have to go along with the RNC because that's the best we're going to get. I reject that. I think we can do better. Have you talked to uh, Donald Trump about any of this? You leaving the party or um, some of the things that you were told by the chairwoman as to what they were going to do with the lawsuits or any any of those things? Have you spoken with him recently? Uh, that's also a great question. And yes, I speak to him frequently. In fact, the day that this all came out, I, I called him and I said, I just want you to know that you know this is what happened. I briefly described the situation and I said, you know, I'm not willing to support uh, Rana's lies. And and he knew, by the way, um, he was well informed by myself and uh, Rudy Giuliani of everything that had gone on with uh, with Justin. And 
Um, and I, it's my understanding, I wasn't present when he and Rana may or may not have talked, but it's my understanding that they did talk and she made the same promise to him. And she told us she would she would promise Trump to fire Justin. He was well aware of that whole situation back in November. And so, um, you know, that wasn't something that was a surprise to him. Um, and I can I can just tell you that, you know, he he has always and I, I respect him for this. He has always valued me telling him the truth. And that's a promise that I made to him when I first started working for him. You may not always, you know, like or prefer it, um, but I will always tell you the truth, unlike so many other people in Washington that operate out of politics um, and, and their own self-interest. I've told so many people around him who don't like the fact that I'm telling him the truth about, uh, you know, whether it's policy, whether it's what he how he could act in his presidential capacity constitutionally, whatever it was, there were people that didn't like that. I told them the truth. And I always told them, you know, I'm here to serve at the pleasure of the president. And if, you know, someday I, I don't get to anymore and I leave D.C., that's fine. I'll, I, I go back to Colorado. That's fine. But as long as I'm here, I'm going to have integrity. And so he was appreciative of my call. And, uh, you know, we're, we're certainly still in touch. So do you think Donald Trump has lost faith in the Republican Party and his leadership as you have? You know, I can't speak for him on that, and I'm certainly not going to get ahead of him on that. But I do think and I know from him that he is always very concerned about making sure that we as as a group of conservatives, you know, juxtaposed against the Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer's of the world are doing the right thing. So, so you know, my my thought is he's probably, you know, watching this and, and is carefully considering uh, what he would and wouldn't say publicly. But I'm but I'm sure that he's concerned. And I know that he is always as well an advocate for the truth. We're talking to Jenna Ellis, the prominent attorney who served as President Trump's legal advisor. We've got much more with her right after a break. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater. And this is your wake up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. Ooh. 
Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. So I want to shift now to all the, the Trump lawsuits concerning the 2020 election. You clearly were deeply involved. You helped lead the strategy with Rudy Giuliani. Uh, where does any of this stand today? Are all the cases done? Um, and people have been saying, oh, Trump is going to become back president again in August. I'm not sure where that's coming from. But can you walk us through what happened and what's going on and if there's anything to be expected in the future? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, first off, um, absolutely we can still expect that the fight for election integrity uh, is continuing. And as a colleague of mine just said to me yesterday, it's actually election justice. We need to make sure that in this country, justice prevails. And what happened in 2020, just very briefly, is that there was so much evidence right away of election officials, poll workers, secretaries of state, governors, everyone from the executive branch from the top all the way down to the administrators of the election that in at least five states we're talking wisconsin georgia pennsylvania georgia and arizona that their elections were so lawless and so completely against the laws of the state that the legislature set up, which constitutionally the state legislature directs the manner of elections. It was so lawless in its administration that the election result was irredeemably compromised. It was so thoroughly corrupted that in the initial about six to eight weeks that we had in the aftermath of November 3rd, there was still so much coming out, witnesses, documents, videos that, you know, we've since recovered, um, you know, the one out of Georgia that came very late showing, you know, the ballots that were under the table in suitcases. Now some of the audits that are happening. The truth is continuing to come out. But in the immediate aftermath of 2020, what was so readily apparent because we knew that the Democrats were trying to harness COVID as a pretext to push in universal vote by mail. There were ballots that were scanned multiple times. There were ballots, all of these mail-in ballots, there were some that were sent out with no record. There were ones that were counted without poll watchers being present. And, you know, if you open an envelope of a mail-in ballot, at that point, it's compromised. You can't ever put the ballot back in the envelope and guarantee the chain of custody. I mean, all of these issues, right? So initially, the plan was twofold. One was a litigation track to have a judicial order telling 
the state legislatures, yes, this has been compromised and to stop the certifications to Congress of the electors. And then the state legislatures would have the authority to determine which slate would go. Absent a judicial order of that nature, the state legislatures have the inherent constitutional authority, what's called plenary power, meaning absolute. It's only up to them what slate of electors they send. And what a lot of people don't realize, Giano, is that even in American history prior to 1824, so for our initial presidential elections, uh, the people's vote the popular vote didn't determine the slate of electors. It was actually electors were sent by the state legislatures because the idea was initially that we vote and we select our local representation and our national government is so small, the national government is only supposed to represent the will of the state legislatures. So all of this whole idea of disenfranchisement and you know whatever is just historically ignorant. And what the Constitution actually provides for is that the state legislatures are the ultimate authority on which delegates to the Electoral College actually are sent to Congress. And so our argument in the immediate aftermath was telling and and begging those state legislators to do their constitutional job because we had so much evidence, hours, I mean, eight and 10 hour hearings in front of these legislatures that Rudy and I attended showing them There is so much here that you cannot possibly allow a certification to go to Congress and say and declare to Congress that you know that this slate is the will of the people. And it's certainly not the will of the legislatures who are majority Republican in all of those states. Right. So they refuse to do that because they're spineless cowards and also because the RNC, the national, and this is the problem with nationalizing politics, the RNC didn't get involved and ask the state uh, leadership to actually do the constitutionally appropriate thing. So now that these certifications that are based on absolutely false information uh, were sent to Congress, of course, you know, January 6th, uh, they were counted in Congress. And the Electoral College voted. So now we have a president who is the president, but he was installed in a manner that was antithetical to the Constitution. So what happens next? Do we just sit back and say, eh, oh, well, you know, that short time frame, whatever? No, the argument changes because we're now post January 6th. But the truth still matters. And that's why the audits are important. Um, But that's also why uh, litigation is still very important. Um, And by the way, we did not, we meaning President Trump's attorneys on behalf of him or the campaign did not file 60 plus lawsuits. When you see that, that's a Democrat talking point. Um, Anybody can file a lawsuit. That doesn't mean that you're representing a certain person or entity. The campaign itself, we filed less than a dozen lawsuits. Um, They were strategic and they were um, in those, those five states. And the unfortunate thing about the judicial track was we were told, well, you don't have standing, which is the legal concept. You can't even put your piece on the game board to start playing the game and to start litigating to get to the merits. They just didn't even want to hear it. And so then uh, the Texas versus Pennsylvania case where Ken Paxton, who's one of my favorite people, he's um, been an advocate for truth ordinantly in the judicial arena, Uh, He and then ultimately 17 other states filed the Texas versus Pennsylvania lawsuit because 
under the Constitution, Article 3, which defines the judiciary, if you have a case and controversy, which clearly there's a controversy here, we all know it, uh, between states, a state sues another state, then it has to go on the trial level to the Supreme Court. Because think about it, what other venue would be fair? So when they filed that, the Supreme Court actually had no choice but to accept that case. Now, they didn't, and that was constitutionally impermissible. But that was ultimately the goal of the legislative track was to get that or some case to the Supreme Court, similarly as the Supreme Court did take up the Bush v. Gore case, and they made a ruling, and that is is what the judiciary is supposed to do. So all of those things now are were post-January 6th. But now what the state legislatures absolutely can do is to still look at their irredeemably compromised elections. They can put back election safeguards. They can have signature matching, not have vote by mail. They can, the state legislature should stop delegating their authority to these secretaries of states that are Democrat operatives and reclaim their ability to make sure that the correct slate of delegates in every future election goes to the electoral college. There's a lot of things they can do. Um, I'm the chairperson of the Election Integrity Alliance. Uh, we and our allies of over 60 different organizations are working on this. Um, and then even more importantly, we are also still continuing to advocate for the truth of 2020 because as this comes out and as more and more evidence shows that the states did the improper thing, these are false certifications, we are going to, as a country, have to have a reckoning on this. And there are people who advocate a lot of other theories. Um, they can speak for themselves on those. I will always advocate for constitutionally viable remedies. And one of those remedies, of course, is to get to the truth and having, and I mean, we are in the midst of a constitutional crisis and we are going to have to have a reckoning and the Constitution provides for several methods of a president leaving office. Uh, resignation is one, and removal through impeachment is another. If our system of government is operating correctly, we would have impeachment of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris on the basis of election fraud, um, or similarly as what happened to, <clears throat> to President Nixon, there would be so much um, American demand of we the people that we don't have a usurper in office and demand for his and Kamala Harris's resignation. And then our country and, and Congress, which has the authority under Article 2, could then deal with how we then install a next president. There's the Line of Succession Act and there are some other arguments, but that's where we need to go with it. Okay, so you think that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris needs to be impeached because of election fraud? And I, you, you mentioned the video uh, where they pulled out the suitcases with the ballots. So we know that that happened. We know that there was election fraud, and this this election has been proven. So we get that. But to the degree that it would overturn the election in its entirety, I've not seen any evidence of that. I know you guys had the. Um, the, the statements from the poll watchers and people who saw different things. And I'm sure that there's folks out there who had their hand in it and try to ensure that Joe Biden would win. We get that. I, I understand that. But the, the, the Supreme Court didn't take it. They didn't take the case. And it seems as though there wasn't this insurmountable evidence that was presented that that told the story, at least from a media narrative outside of 
what you mentioned, which is the states delegated or rather their general assemblies delegated the authority to secretaries of states. You look at Georgia, where there was an illegal deal made with Stacey Abrams and some other folks. So we've seen all of that. But is there anything else that could lead to that conclusion that the election was stolen outside of those? Uh, Yeah. And so and this is why it was so important that uh, people understand we never got to have a hearing on the merits. And so while I've been making this case uh, to the media since, you know, back in November, we have never had the opportunity in a judicial context to present evidence. But this is why the audits are so important. So you mentioned Georgia. What's coming out of Fulton County right now, just in Fulton County alone, There are enough irregularities and suspect questionable ballots that by law should be removed from the calculation for certification that that alone would flip Georgia to President Trump winning. And so that's what's happening in each of these counties. And and if you look at uh, the Texas versus Pennsylvania lawsuit, Pennsylvania, in its response from the state legislatures, they actually admit that there are enough suspect ballots there and they admit that the election was irredeemably compromised in that state. What their leadership needed was a judicial order for them to feel comfortable calling themselves back in a session. They didn't want to take their constitutional duty themselves. They basically wanted to have the cover of the judicial branch, which I think is cowardly, but that's that's what they wanted. If you actually go back and read what the Pennsylvania legislature said in that case, it was admitting that. So this is already two states. Then we have Arizona. We have Wisconsin that just the mail-in ballots alone were sufficient, those questionable ballots that would have turned the election for Trump. So absolutely. I mean, this is not one, you know, smoking gun in each state. This is death by a thousand cuts and by thousands and thousands of ballots. And so absolutely there is enough evidence and there is enough proof. And if people actually want to get to the bottom of this, and look at the numbers for themselves, they absolutely can. And I would, I would tell them as well, um, Peter Navarro put out a great report um, toward the end. Of course, you know, he's part of the Trump administration, uh, the trade advisor for uh, in, it was, I think, mid-December, that went through state by state and showed the significant irregularities and the problems in each state. And that's a whole PDF. It's searchable. It's out there. So for people who are saying, I haven't seen enough evidence, I haven't heard this enough, then either you're listening to the wrong media or there's a lot of people that are just seeing the talking points and they're not taking the time to actually look at what we have presented to the public. Okay. No, I appreciate your analysis and and giving your personal experience with the facts and what you see. And I I can appreciate you letting um, my listeners know where where you stand with that. So I appreciate that. Now I want to switch gears a little bit from, from um, the court cases, because now we're in a, a new time where we have to take back the House of Representatives as Republicans. And I know you left the party, but I'm, I'm sure that you want to see conservatives in office and nominate if they're a true conservative. What do you see the GOP faring f- for the House and Senate races that are coming up? opportunity uh, to take back the House from Democrats. And hopefully we will get a truly conservative, not just Republican majority. And of course, you know, parties in the context of majorities do matter. And and I hope even though I'm no longer a member of the party, 
I do hope that Republicans in you know the capital R sense do take over the majority in 2022, because that's the best opportunity, hopefully, to not only stop the Biden and I put that in air quotes, we all know he's not running the country, but uh, the Biden administration agenda, you know, this extreme nationalism, the Green New Deal, the infrastructure plan, you know, pro-choice legislation, all of this voting stuff like HR, um, S1 and H4, you know, these things that are trying to federalize our election process is thoroughly unconstitutional. It's trying to give bureaucrats in Washington more power than these lawless bureaucrats on the state level. So there are so many reasons we absolutely need to take back the majority. And I hope and I'm really encouraged to see that um, kind of outside of the traditional Republican Party candidates are stepping up and they're running in a lot of these races. Like we have Larry Elder and Colonel Alan West, you know, who've stepped up to run in races. You know, we have um, even a challenger, Doug Huffines, who is who's challenging Governor Greg Abbott. It just in the primary. That's a great thing for conservatism. So I think there's a lot of hope because I think the American people have been awakened to the problems of the swamp that has creeped out even into state races. And what we can do, regardless of, of party affiliation, is to support the good candidates that are truly advocating for conservative principles. And then once they get in office, continue to hold them accountable, but also continue to encourage them to do the job of proper governing under this principle of preserving and protecting our rights. Why don't you run? <laughs> That's a great question I've been asked. And I feel at this point that I'm doing a lot of good where God has put me in uh, right now in the position that I'm at. I will never say never because who would have ever thought I'm, do I'm doing this. But I will just say that I take my life one day at a time. I do what God has for me the next day. And if he calls me to run for office, I will. But right now, at this point, I am so focused on the election integrity battle that that to me as an attorney, I can serve. I feel like I can serve my country the best in that arena. But uh, I don't know. Maybe next time we're on, I'll, I'll have an announcement for you. We'll see. <laughs> Before we move on, let's take a quick break. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. 
Facebook on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. 2024, around the corner, President Trump has told a number of people, and he's he's seemingly gestured to it in in media appearances, that he's going to be running again for president. So with that being the case, I mean, clearly formidable uh, Republican candidate and formidable in in any sense, Democrats, whatever. But you got Ron DeSantis, who seemingly has been implementing a Trump agenda in Florida in numerous ways. I mean, he's been running the state amazingly and actually took on a lot of efforts that President Trump took on and wasn't able to get accomplished. You talk about what he's done with Ron DeSantis, that is, with big tech, um, how he handled COVID, how he handled a number of different things and, and made sure that he has one of the most proper, prosperous and well-ran states in the country. There's a lot of conservatives that are excited about him potentially running for president. If that happens... How do you think this shakes out? problem to have. Unlike 2016, where, you know, there we had a stage full of people like, you know, Jeb Bush and John Kasich and people who, you know, nobody was excited about. Right. And nobody at that point, at least me and a lot of my fellow conservatives didn't know Donald Trump. We you know, I was excited about Ted Cruz, but not nearly as much as people are excited about uh, President Trump now and Ron DeSantis. So I'm excited that we have more than just one person who is leading this whole movement. And I think uh, President Trump, one of the greatest things that he has done is encouraged other people like the Ron DeSantis's of, of the world and, and others to step up and, and step out so boldly to proclaim the truth of the gospel of Christ. And Ron DeSantis did that brilliantly, by the way, at um, the, uh, the Faith and Freedom Conference with Ralph Reed. I was there I heard him speak. I'd, I'd spoken a, a day earlier, and it was amazing, and I loved it. And I, I love Ron DeSantis. He's done a wonderful job for Florida. So I think this is a great problem to have, that we have uh, options, and we have uh, more people who are willing to join President Trump in this fight. And so I know a lot of people who would love to see him as president. I know a lot of people that will continue to support Donald Trump. And uh, whether Trump decides to run or whether he decides to endorse DeSantis or someone else in more of a chancellor kingmaker role, you know, we'll see. But I think for the Republican group, or I should say conservatives now, (laughs) but for also the Republican Party, this is a great problem to have. I'm excited. So no, no, no uh, analysis on who might win that fight. Well, I, you know, it's so hard to say right now because it, it all depends on how things shake out. I mean, you know, DeSantis may decide he's not going to run in 2024 because he wants to finish out his terms as governor. I mean, there are just so many variables. But, you know, if it was a head to head, I still think that President Trump has so much love and popularity and there are so many people who want to see him back in office. I still think he has the edge currently 
on DeSantis, but, you know, you never know. And you never know who else might join the race or, you know, what might happen to change the equation. But if it were a head-to-head right now and people were declaring today, I would still give the edge to Donald Trump. Okay. And it's interesting because people who've talked about this in terms of a head-to-head Ron DeSantis and President Trump have said that Ron DeSantis is uh, Trump in terms of policies without some of the personal uh, baggage, if you will, uh, that Donald Trump may bring in, in terms of personality. I, th- I think a lot of people are saying it in the in the Republican Party. You don't think no, so? No, I think that's true. Um, I mean, everybody, you know, is is aware of the, the Trump mean tweets, right? Or the, you know, the things that initially were, there were, some, you know, of the evangelical community or for other reasons why people were initially hesitant to support Trump. So I think that that's true that at least so far, Ron DeSantis doesn't have some of those personality uh, sorts of, you know, whether you want to call them quirks or drawbacks. I think that's true. But I also think that President Trump has shown that he can surmount that. And people at this point, especially after the last six months of Biden, really don't care about the mean tweets. They love the fact that Donald Trump was willing to go in and be, you know, a bull in the China closet of Washington. And I think I've also heard that there is some concern that, you know, would Ron DeSantis come here and be willing to do the same? I think he would. I think he's proven that in Florida. So, you know, so I think that that's a true analysis, but I don't think that that tells the whole story of Donald Trump. And I think it's putting too much emphasis on some of the drawbacks where we saw, I mean, those rallies that I attended with the president, there is so much love and respect for that man all across the country that I, you know, I just don't think that mean tweets matter. So before I let you go, I just want to switch uh, gears here again. Joe Biden is clearly in office. He's president. His son, who somehow has a new art career as a painter, is selling these very expensive paintings and has recently said that he will meet with people who are looking to purchase them. What is your take uh, on that? Wouldn't it be great if all of us uh, <laughs> could paint by number and sell it for half a million dollars? I mean, that'd be amazing. I think it's ridiculous. It's a pretext. We all know the Biden crime family is thoroughly corrupt. This is just yet another blatant, obvious pretext to, um, you know, have Hunter go and do his shady business. And, And I think it's ridiculous. I think that how the media handled Hunter's laptop, how in the in the raid of Rudy Giuliani, by the FBI, which was absolutely absurd, he tried to hand them the hard drives and said, this is evidence. You were told in the warrant that you had to take all electronic evidence. Here you go. They refused to take it. That should tell us something about the two-tier justice system in America. Wow. I didn't know that. Wait a second. I I I hadn't heard this story. So you're saying that Rudy had the laptop with him, Hunter Biden's laptop with him, and he tried to give it to the FBI during a raid, and they refused to yes, accept the laptop. Yes, and I don't know laptop. if it was the the actual physical laptop, but it was the hard, a hard drive that contained the material that was on Hunter's laptop, right? So it was, in effect, a, a copy or the original. Um, and he tried to hand that hard drive and say, this is Hunter's laptop. You want to take this? They refused, even though the warrant specifically said that they were to seize all electronic evidence. His personal cell phone was taken, everything else. They refused to take that. That should be a huge question to the American people about 
how much our shady, swampy, disgusting, dark uh, actors in Washington are covering for Biden and the crime family. I think it's ridiculous. Well, I, I hadn't heard that. Thank you for letting me know. And unfortunately, I believe every word. <laughs> like, I believe I can, I can see that this happening. Is the thing where I- justice is supposed to be, and, and I was a former prosecutor, right? And then I was a defense attorney, but prosecution, I started volunteering at the Boulder County District Attorney's Office when I was 17. Um, I've loved law. I've been in, you know, way more trials, um, you know, on both sides than, you know, any of a lot of these other lawyers in D.C. And there is a higher ethical obligation that's specifically a rule for prosecutors for the government that they have a higher responsibility that their only client is justice. They have to be unbiased. They have to completely ignore politics. But what the American people are so viscerally upset about is how we have such a two-tiered system of justice that justice now is a political term. And I reject that completely. And this is why, as President Trump has always said, we have to drain the swamp because if we are going to have legitimate, meaningful liberty, well, then we have to have liberty and meaningful justice for all. And if we don't have justice, then we are going to rapidly lose our liberty. And it seems as though we truly are rapidly losing our liberty. You know, I, I just want to thank you for the conversation and certainly for joining me to talk about this. A, a lot of people are interested in your story and, you know, what's going on. And I think some people uh, that are Trump supporters probably feel very much the same as you do about the GOP and some may be uh, looking to leave. So I'm, I'm hoping that the GOP and those who are running it is very much aware of how its members are feeling. And I agree with you fully that if you feel that the, the Republican Party is not engaging the tenets of the conservative movement, you should be vocal about it. Absolutely. And I have been many times before. So I, I really appreciate your engagement, certainly on that and your fastidiousness to uh, what has happened in this country since Joe Biden has won. So thank you for bringing all that to the table on Out Loud with Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Giano. And, you know, as as Martin Luther said during the Protestant Reformation, you know, here I stand, I can do no other. And I would just encourage everyone, stand on truth. Don't worry about politics. Politics is meaningless compared to the eternal, immutable truth of what our country was founded on. And that's God, our creator, the God of the Bible. And if we stand on truth every day, you can never, ever go wrong and be confident and bold in that. So thank you for your voice again. And thanks for having me on. One, one last question before you um, go. Is there anything you're working on that the folks at home should know about that you have a book coming out? Thank or you. Like I that? have been so focused on the Election Integrity Alliance. And if you're interested in looking at that or signing up for all of our our uh, publications, all of that, go to AmericanGreatnessFund.com. Um, you'll see the Election Integrity Alliance there. And then also I have a show at 6 p.m. Monday through Friday on Real America's Voice called Just the Truth. We talk about just the truth of everything. And then I will actually be uh, relaunching my podcast in the coming weeks under a little bit different format, different platform. Looking forward to announcing that soon. So a lot of projects in the works. And then, of course, you can always follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, all of that at Jenna Ellis ESQ for Esquire, because I love being a lawyer. (laughs) So thanks. (laughs) Okay, thank you so much. 
and we'll be uh, certainly watching out for what you got Sounds doing. good. Thanks. I want to thank Jenna Ellis for a great interview. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions for me, please email me at outloud at gingrichstreet60.com and I'll try to answer them in our future episodes. And please sign up for my monthly newsletter at gingrichstreet60.com slash outloud. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Parlor at Gianno Caldwell. And if you're interested in learning more about my story, please pick up a copy of my best-selling book titled Taken for Granted, how conservatism can win back the Americans' deliberalism failed. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, researcher Aaron Klingman, and executive producers Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, all part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.